All right. Um, hi everyone. So it is Thursday, April 9th. And one thing that I thought might be interesting and also because like, I don't, I do not know how much, uh, emotion I have available to share these days. I mean, if you just listened to my update from yesterday, um, yeah, I decided to come back home to Canada and that was a really tough decision for me. And I think I'm experiencing some level of like a PTSD from being in New York from the last month. Anyway, um, I do want to continue doing these podcasts, especially because, um, a lot of people have reached out to me telling me that this has really helped them just to hear, someone else talking about how they're feeling throughout this experience. It makes them feel less alone and it brings some comfort. So, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I'm not a paramedic. Um, I don't really feel like there's much I can do in this situation other than do my best to stay home and, and practice social distancing. But I feel like if this podcast is helping people in some way, then then I'm going to keep doing it or at least keep trying to do it. And one thing that I thought would be interesting is I think a lot of what I'm contributing here in terms of my documentation um, is around mental health and around my own mental health and around uh, the mental health challenges that I think a lot of people are experiencing during this time. And um, one thing that's been interesting is that a lot of people in my in my group of friends in my group of colleagues have sent me a lot of similar articles. Um, and one article that I've been getting from a lot of people is this one from the Harvard Business Review uh, titled "That Discomfort You're Feeling Is Grief" by an author named Scott Baranato, and this was written or published rather on March 23rd, 2020. And so I was thinking it might be interesting to record myself reading this article. I mean, is, I'm not sure in regards to like a licensing aspect of things that this is like, okay for me to do. I'm really not sure, but I want to, I don't know. I kind of want to give this a try and see just the same way as like with audiobooks and with podcasts, like a lot of people, especially right now, don't want to be reading. I don't know. I just want to try reading this article and see if it, if it helps. Um, and they said that Harvard business review says that we've made our coronavirus coverage free for all readers. So hopefully I'm not running into any issues from a copyright perspective. I'm, you know, saying exactly where the source is. I did not write any of what I'm about to read. Um, I just sort of wanted to see if I could make it further accessible for, for people through, uh, through reading it. All right. So here is the article. Some of the Harvard Business Review staff that met virtually the other day, a screen full of faces in a scene becoming more common everywhere. We talked about the content we're commissioning in this harrowing time of a pandemic and how we can help people. But we also talked about how we are feeling. One colleague mentioned that she was, that she felt, that what she felt was grief. Heads nodded in all the pains. If we can name it, perhaps we can manage it. We turned to David Kessler for ideas on how to do that. Kessler is the world's foremost expert on grief. He co-wrote with Elizabeth Kulber-Ross, 
the title is On Grief and Grieving, Finding the Meaning of Grief Through the Five Stages of Loss. His new book adds another stage to the process, and that's titled Finding Meaning, The Sixth Stage of Grief. Kessler also worked for a decade in three hospital systems in Los Angeles. He served on their biohazards team. His volunteer work includes being an LAPD specialist reserve for traumatic events, as well as having served on the Red Cross's disaster services team. He is the founder of www.grief.com, which has over 5 million visits yearly from 167 countries. Kessler shared his thoughts on why it's important to acknowledge the grief you may be feeling, how to manage it, and how he believes we will find meaning in it. In it, The conversation is lightly edited for clarity. So Harvard Business Review question is, people are feeling any number of things right now. Is it right to call some of what they're feeling grief? Kessler's response, yes, and we're feeling a number of different griefs. We feel the world has changed, and it has. We know this is temporary, but it doesn't feel that way, and we realize things will be different. Just as going to the airport is forever different from how it was before 9-11, this will change, and this is the point at which they changed. Sorry, things will change, and this is the point at which they changed. The loss of normalcy, the fear of economic toll, the loss of connection. This is hitting us, and we're grieving, collectively. We are not used to this kind of collective grief in the air. Next question. You said we're feeling more than one kind of grief? Yeah, we're also feeling anticipatory grief. Anticipatory grief is that feeling we get about what the future holds when we're uncertain. Usually it centers on death. We feel it when someone gets a dire diagnosis or when we have the normal thought that we'll lose a parent someday. Anticipatory grief is also more broadly imagined futures. There is a storm coming. There's something bad out there. With a virus, this kind of grief is so confusing for people. Our primitive mind knows something bad is happening, but you can't see it. This breaks our sense of safety. We're feeling that loss of safety. I don't think we're collectively lost. We've collectively lost our sense of general safety like this. Individually or as small groups, people have felt this, but altogether this is new. We are grieving on a micro and on a macro level. What can individuals do to manage all this grief? Understanding the stages of grief is a start, but whenever I talk about the stages of grief, I have to remind people that the stages aren't linear and may not happen in this order. It's not a map, but it provides some scaffolding for this unknown world. There's denial, which we say which which we say a lot of early on. This virus won't affect us. There's anger. You're making me stay home and taking away my activities. There's bargaining. Okay, if I social distance for two weeks, everything will be better, right? There's sadness. I don't know when this will end. And finally, there's acceptance. This is happening. I have to figure out how to proceed. Acceptance, as you might imagine, is where the power lies. We find control and acceptance. I can wash my hands. I can keep a safe distance. I can learn how to work virtually. Next question. So 
when we're feeling grief, there's that physical pain and the racing mind. Are there techniques to deal with that to make it less intense? Here's the next answer. Well, let's go back to anticipatory grief. Unhealthy anticipatory grief is really anxiety. And that's the feeling you're talking about. Our mind begins to show us images. My parents getting sick. We see the worst scenarios. That's our mind being protective. Our goal is not to ignore those images or to try to make them go away. Your mind won't let you do that. And it can be painful to try and force it. The goal is to find balance in the things you're thinking. If you feel the worst image taking shape, make, make yourself think of the best image. We all get a little sick and the world continues. Not everyone I love dies. Maybe no one does because we're all taking the right steps. Neither scenario should be ignored, but neither should dominate either. Anticipatory grief is the mind going to the future and imagining the worst. The, to calm yourself, you want to come into the present. This will be familiar advice to anyone who has meditated or practiced mindfulness, but people are always surprised at how prosaic this can be. You can name five things in the room. There's a computer, there's a chair, a picture of a dog, an old rug, and a coffee mug. It's that simple. Breathe. Realize that in the present moment, nothing you've anticipated has happened. In this moment, you're okay. You have food. You are not sick. Use your senses and think about what they feel. The desk is hard. The blanket is soft. I can feel the breath coming into my nose. This really will work to dampen some of that pain. You also can't think about how to let go of what you can't control. What your neighbor is doing is out of your control. What is in your control is staying six feet away from them and washing your hands. Focus on that. Finally, it's a good time to stock up on compassion. Everyone will have different levels of fear and grief and it manifests in different ways. A coworker got very snippy with me the other day and I thought, that's not like this person. That's how they're dealing with this. I'm seeing their fear and anxiety. So be patient. Think about who someone usually is and not who they seem to be in this moment. Next question or statement. One particularly troubling aspect of this pandemic is the open-endedness of it. Here's the answer. This is a temporary state. It helps to say it. I worked for 10 years in the hospital system. I've been trained for situations like this. I've also studied the 1918 flu pandemic. The precautions we're taking are the right ones. History tells us that. This is survivable. We will survive. This is a time to overprotect, but not overreact. And I believe we will find meaning in it. I've been honored that Elizabeth Kulber Ross's family has given me permission to add a sixth stage to grief. Meaning. I had talked to Elizabeth quite a bit about what came after acceptance. I did not want to stop at acceptance when I experienced some personal grief. I wanted meaning in those darkest hours, and I do believe we find light in those times. Even now, people are realizing they can connect through technology. 
They are not as remote as they thought. They are realizing they can use their phones for long conversations. They're appreciating walks. I believe we will continue to find meaning now and when this is over. Next question. What did you, what do you say to someone who's read all this and is still feeling overwhelmed with grief? The response, keep trying. There is something powerful about naming this as grief. It helps us feel what's inside of us. So many have told me in the past week, I'm telling my coworkers I'm having a hard time, or I cried last night. When you name it, you feel it and it moves through you. Emotions need motion. It's important we acknowledge what we go through. One unfortunate byproduct of the self-help movement is we're the first generation to have feelings about our feelings. We tell ourselves things like, I feel sad, but I shouldn't feel that. Other people have it worse. We can, we should, stop at the first feeling. I feel sad. Let me go for five minutes to feel sad. Your work is to feel your sadness and fear and anger, whether or not someone else is feeling something. Fighting it doesn't help because your body is producing that feeling. If we allow the feelings to happen, they'll happen in an orderly way and it empowers us. Then we're not victims. Next question. In an orderly way? Yes, Sometimes we try not to feel what we're feeling because we have this image of a gang of feelings. If I feel sad and let that in, it'll never go away. The gang of feelings or the gang of bad feelings will overrun me. The truth is a feeling that moves through us. We feel it and it goes and then we go to the next feeling. There's no gang out to get us. It's absurd to think we shouldn't feel grief right now. Let yourself feel the grief and keep going. Um, and a little word about the author. Scott Baranato is a senior editor at Harvard Business Review and the author of Good Charts Workbook, Tips, Tools, and Exercises for Making Better Data Visualizations and Good Charts, the HBR Guide to Making Smarter, More Persuasive Data Visualizations. And he is who conducted this interview and wrote together this article. And, um, as I read that, you know, I've had a few people send me that article, whether it be coworkers or whether it be friends of mine. And, uh, I actually haven't read it until now. Me recording this was my first time reading it. And a lot of things in there remind me of my sessions with my therapist who has been encouraging me to continue to ground myself in those moments where I feel completely lost or chaotic or swept up in, in, just the, the, the terror of this whole situation. And and she reminds me to take a deep breath and feel the floor below me. Or if there's a sound, hear that sound around me. Can't time that. Oh, um, this is like one of the worst apps I have on my phone. Quora. I mean, I get the most ridiculous alerts from them. I really should unsubscribe, but there's part of me that enjoys how absurd the notifications are. Anyway, that is a, a totally side conversation or thought. But yeah, I, um, I, everything that this article is saying about 
feeling what you're feeling, not trying to fight it, feel it, let it empower you because the feeling that you're having is your truth. And in those moments where you just feel overwhelmed and just like dizzy from the situation, and we're all feeling that at different points, to ground yourself, take a deep breath, tune into your senses, smell, sight, sound, feeling, and just be present in it because that's all we have. That's all we have is the present. If we look too far in the past, we start to get, you know, depressed. If we look too far into the future, we start to get anxious. So what's the value in that? Just try to be and try to be in the moment. I mean, uh, easier said than done, big time. But, you know, this article is a good reminder that this is how professionals do it. And this is what they advise their, their clients and their patients. And so it's a good reminder to try your best to be present. Anyway, so I I wanted to share that. Um, I hope it's okay that I recorded this. I guess I'll find out if it wasn't. But I mean, the article is free. It is out there for people to share. So I, I wanted to share it from an audio perspective, because maybe you are like me and your eyes feel like they're burning and you can't look at a screen any longer. And so I wanted to read it for you. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.